Generally Speaking, About the Church, podcast episode number 74. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of About the Church. My name is Cliff Ravenscraft. And my name is D.G. Holmes. <laughs> Have you ever wished there was an episode of the About the Church podcast where D.G. and Cliff were on opposite ends of the spectrum as that, far as something that happened. we believe? <laughs> <laughs> well, if you need that, you're going to get it today. That's right. We're talking about the creation Museum, and also we're going to talk about creationism a little bit, yeah, and maybe even aliens. We might even get into some alien talk. <laughs> I'm actually kind of looking forward to that because I've, I've actually thought about that. The the feedback we got, yeah, yeah. I I, I haven't. Well, the thing is, is we'll, we'll get to it. Yeah, we'll should, get to it. Where do you Where do you think we should start today? I don't think say we the start, beginning because my no, wife always, says that all the time. Come oh, on, yeah. what are you talking? About? And then the other day she was literal because I said, "Where do you want to talk? Start with the vacation?" And she goes, "How about at the beginning?" And I'm like. I, she, I always thought the best place to start was at the beginning, and I was like, she actually meant the beginning of vacation. Oh, oh okay. <laughs> she like, wasn't being she, she was, was being sarcastic. Exactly. I'm like, <laughs> oh, you meant start at the beginning. That's fine. Anyway, yeah, yeah, no, I won't be cheesy, sarcastic. I, I think we should start with, we love you, listeners and viewers. Uh huh. <laughs> oh wait, was that cheesy? Let, let, let's, <laughs> let's. Do we need to wipe out the cheese whiz and crackers? Yes, I think so. What so, is it about? What is it? You know, a side note. What is it about cheese whiz? That stuff is so good, and yet I know it is probably every inca- like organic. It's like the it's, it's anti organic. Can I tell you something? It's like it's like the holiness presence of God. Like nothing unholy can be in the presence of holiness. It's like nothing organic can be near cheese whiz. Yeah. <laughs> well, let me tell you about cheese whiz because I it, it it does it tastes so awesome. You put that stuff on Ritz crackers, I love but it. can I tell you something? I have not had that probably in the last fourteen years of my life. I'm right there with you. And you know why I have not? Why? Because this is my this is my memory of cheese whiz, and it is burned into my mind. <laughs> oh gosh! When I was a child, probably my son's age. So Matthew is seven years old. Okay. When I was a child, I used to go to stay with my real dad and spend the night from time to time on the weekends and stuff. And my uncle, his name was Melvin. So my dad, my my dad's brother, lived at this house as well. And he was a diabetic, very heavy set guy. I mean, his 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 room, his bedroom was nothing but candy. And I remember he used to stay up late at night and let me watch Johnny Carson with him and all these other things. And and he would just eat candy and stuff. But the one thing I remember and it's burned in my head is he would always have about five cans of cheese whiz <laughs> sitting up on his dresser, and he would have the big box of Ritz crackers. And he would just, and he would pass me some and pass them. And uh, all I remember, you know, I'm sure that years of my life spent sitting there watching him do that. And I don't know how old I was when he died, but he died because of his diabetes, uh, complications with his diabetes. Uh, And well, that sounds like logical. Yeah, like all he eats is cheese whiz, crackers, and candy. Yeah. (laughs) As a diabetic. So, yeah, pretty much. And that (laughs) cheese whiz in my mind equals death for diabetics. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So, That's scary. I don't eat cheeses. <laughs> well, uh, Kicker in here, uh, he he actually said that the the crazy part about that is you got to get the hard chunk of cheese out first. Like yeah, it's, you know it's in there. <laughs> yeah. You got to squeeze that part out first. Nice. <laughs> Let's talk about something that might be remotely 
directly uh, related to the church. <laughs> hey, I don't care what event you're at. You can probably find, if it's a youth event, there's probably some kind of cheese whiz that's been there for 20 years. Probably. Anyway. Probably. No, so, I, uh, I, uh, I went and um, the uh, Creation Museum, for those of you who don't know what it is, um, uh, Daniel, who's in our chat room, actually put a, um, a link to it. Uh, and there, I think it's. Um, I just, I'll, I'll just say it for those. Should be creationmuseum.com. dot org. Creationmuseum.org. Oh, org. Okay. Uh, and um, they uh, they invite pastors uh, every so often to. Um, oh, and dot com. Either one works. Yeah. Okay. Uh, they invite pastors to come for free, just to go through it and just let you see it and and things like that. And they actually give us a. It's and it's like really nice lunch afterwards and. Famous Dave's barbecue, and uh, and so anyway, so you, but you got the full deal. I mean, you you went to uh, one uh, movie thing, which was I mean, it's it was cool. I mean, <laughs> you know, like uh, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, like uh, Honey, I Shrunk the Audience in Disney World. Have you ever been to that? No, I haven't been to. Well, that it's one. like it's like three D, although they don't have the three D part. But like as you're watching it, like you'll have you'll they'll say ants will get loose in the in the in the audience or whatever, and they have like. Stuff that'll slap your legs. Yeah. That's like a, a rat's tail or something like that. And they'll have something breathe in the back of your neck and stuff like that. And when the dog sneezes, water like hits you in the face from the from the chair in front of you. I didn't see that. All I saw was the like the planetarium thing when I went there. But I, di- I didn't see that. Oh, my the... gosh. Yeah, you need to go back. Holy cow. Yeah. Seriously. I mean, it's – and I think they – I don't know what they called it. I forget what they called it. It was like the super experience uh, movie thing or something else like that. So anyway – so I went to that very first, and it really was kind of special effects theater. Thank you. Uh, it really was, um, you know, it's, it's entertaining. It really did kind of do a decent job of basically just saying, hey, this is what we believe here, and this is what you're probably going to find when you're here. Right. So it's really is, it's a great kind of introduction, and it's lighthearted. They, they, it's, it's funny in some cases, although uh, there are some parts of it that are, that are just so um, typical. Um, that, you know, the person who believes in evolution is this really dorky science teacher, you know, kind of guy or scientist, the lab coat kind of thing. But a planetarium was awesome. I can, I can tell you right now, I actually really appreciated and loved the planetarium stuff. Yeah. Um, they just did a great job of showing you the scope of the universe. And I was just blown away. Though. Although they really need to fix the focus on that. <laughs> When we were there, it was blurry the whole time. And, you know, me, I'm just like, can I can I help you guys out? Can I just please just go tweak the, the lens there? Because it's out of focus a little bit. Um, uh, Men in White is the name of the show that's in the, the special effects theater. Gotcha. But uh, but it, anyway, long story short, we, we were actually given a tour by one of the bigwigs there. I don't I forgot his name, but he's actually Ken on Ham. Some, no, it wasn't Ken. Mark Loy. I don't know. I don't know. I got some emails from him. Anyway, um, and he gave us the tour through the whole thing, and it was just I was about four or five of us that are that were going through the whole thing, and um, I don't know, I just I really got the sense, and I'm new going into it that you know here are people that are creationists, they believe that God created, uh, you know, everything, and I'm cool with that. I can actually agree with that. I don't have to disagree with that statement, but they do believe that um, that creation was seven twenty-four hour literal days. Uh, in which we find Genesis one and Genesis two, and um, and but they have they have 
they just have, I mean, it's just, I can't even express to you the scope, how big this place is. I mean, mm-hmm. you've been there. It's yep. huge. Yep. It is massive. And the, they have a, like, I think they said that 1% of the arc that they've kind of recreated. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it, that, that's 1%, but it's big. I mean, it's, it's, just, it's like, and you're just, all you're seeing is like this wall of wood that almost goes up to the ceiling, you know? It's, I mean, it's, it's kind of cool that they're just showing you, um, you know, the scope of kind of, of different things. But um, they do believe that uh, that dinosaurs are are um, were a part of that creation, and so I think it's when you first walk in, there's like kids playing, or you know, it's they actually have I think one animatronic dinosaur. It might they be have two. They I think they have two. I can't remember. But when you first walk in, there's like a little river there, mm-hmm. and there's like kids playing. But there's also a, a pterodactyl flying or something. You know, it's just there's you know, it's very obvious that they're saying, hey. Humanity and dinosaurs coexisted at the same time, uh, and and that you know because since we take this literal, that's that's what has to happen. I mean, we have to okay, you know that. That's, well, that I mean, it, I would just say if if you believe that Genesis, you know, one and two states seven days of creation when everything every, God created everything. Then, right. he, then, and if the dinosaurs existed, therefore right. they had to exist exactly. alongside man. So I, exactly, yeah. And you know, and, and you know, beyond everything I say today, I really do want it to be known that that's the one area I can respect them is they they don't just they don't just say that with Genesis. I mean, they're they're taking everything that way in the Bible. So I mean, their 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 paradigm they stick to it. You know what I'm saying? It's like they don't just pick and choose what they think is literal. They do believe that it's you know literal the literal words of god so well and i i would have to say and and i and i can't say for everybody over there because i my theology is has come from so many different has been inspired and and uh influenced by so many different various places i can't say that it's come from a creationist standpoint but i don't think that they take the entire bible literally because there are some scriptures in the bible that are not meant to be literal. And I know that some people okay, yeah. like yourself may even argue that Genesis one and two was not meant to be literal. Right. And I would, but, yeah. but, but like, for example, I don't know any, I've never met a creationist who believes that Je- that revelation is a literal translation. Oh, okay. uh, you know, it, it, th- those things, there is, there is poetry literature. Right. There is in, and stuff like that. So I, I've not met a creationist that believes from Genesis through Revelation, 100% literal translation for everything. But right. I, w- I will say that I've not met a, met a hardcore creationist who doesn't believe that Genesis is a literal, literal historical account inspired by God, written by Moses to tell the story of creation. Right, right, right. Okay, and uh, and and but I don't I don't even know if they would actually say that Moses wrote it. I, I don't I think they well might have, I, they might I may have actually have, said that I may have included that myself because okay. that's, like I said they might have said that Abraham wrote it because he's you know the closest <sighs> the closest event kind of a thing. Well, yeah, okay, but anyway, so so just to get just to get my 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 thoughts and my theology out of the way here really quick, just so you know where I'm sure, coming from. Sure, yeah, um, go ahead. It's kind, of, it's kind of like I own Apple stock, so I'm about to talk Apple, you know, or something like that. You know, I just want to make sure everyone knows. I, you know, I personally come down on the side that uh, the creation event, Genesis 1 and 2, do not necessarily have to be a literal historical event. Uh, I believe that they were written as a theological writing. So, therefore, it was to explain who God is and who we are and why everything was created. It was never meant to, in my opinion, it was never meant to explain how everything was created. 
And I think that if we get too caught up in the how, which I do think the Creation Museum does, then we're, we we do miss, or, or not, well, I don't think we miss it, we're just putting the emphasis somewhere wrong. You know, it should be the emphasis of why and who, not how. Mm-hmm. And um, and I think that some people get so caught up on the how with the science behind it and stuff like that, uh, just trying to prove it or trying to show that it could exist within science, whatever else, that um, that we're missing the fact that this is you know this is a story of who God is, who we are, and why did you know why did God create this world? Why did God create us and stuff like that? And I love. And I love uh, the imagery that's going on there. I really do. I mean, it's beautiful stuff. I mean, it is. It is truly so beautifully written. It's it's it, it's art. In 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 my opinion, in in some ways, it's so beautiful. It's just it's almost like art because it's like God creates a part of it and then He fills it, and then He creates another part and He fills it, and He creates another part and He fills it. Whether it's with water or plants and animals or, or humans or whatever else. And he always says that it's good, tov, and that's the Hebrew word for good. It's tov, tov, tov. But it's only after he creates uh, humanity uh, does he say, and it's almost like, hey, it's finally complete now that humanity is a part of it. And he says it's tov, mohov. It's it's very good. Mm-hmm. And I, that's 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 beautiful, man. I mean, if, if ever I think anyone who is is having uh, difficulties with life or challenges or something like that. You give them a good dose of creation, and you can't you can't help but see that God really does love us and cares for us in the midst of that. Because nothing was complete, nothing was whole until God said, "Now it's very good." Now that now that now that I created people, that relationship can occur among themselves, but also with me. It's very good now, and so I love that. I mean, that's 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 my personal view. I think that uh, there's some. There's some issues with the going different orders between Genesis one and Genesis two, because they're actually done in different orders. That it's not the same order that it was done in Genesis one. So a lot of people would say that that's actually a separate creation story, but with the emphasis on you know with, with man because it gets into Adam and Eve and, and stuff like that. Um, but when when I asked them that question, they said, "Well, we we see Genesis two as like a my, a microscope." to Genesis one. So it's like, here's Genesis one again, but it's like a microscope uh, getting down closer to it, which is not, not a, a, a decent enough explanation for me. Of course, I don't think he was, he was trying to get deep <laughs> into it or not. I'd love to have that conversation sometime with them. Um, but, but it's, you know, it's, it was just really interesting. And they, and what they told us, they basically just said, Hey, if, if you can actually grasp, if you can believe Genesis one through 11, chapters one through uh yeah chapters one through 11 then the rest of the bible it's smooth sailing from there kind of a thing and i and i asked him i said well you know if you guys are are so hardcore about doing the science behind genesis then why aren't you why aren't you following it through with being hardcore about the science of the virgin birth and the science of the resurrection because you're doing all this science you know heavy science stuff trying to prove that this stuff happened this way but you're not doing it, you know, in these cases. And so, and so, you know, and I think rightly so, they would say, well, those things are miracles. <laughs> well, you know, we're okay with this, those things being mystery because it's God and those things are miracles. And so why can't you take that back? Well, the Old Testament saying, hey, this is, this is of God. This is mystery. Here, we can't fully I, actually understand it. I'd like to just say in my mind the reason why, and, and, and I am a creationist. I, I believe right. in creation, literal creation. 
seven days. And I would say the reason why I've never thought to argue or to to try to read up on that area is because I've always accepted that by faith. And there's nothing through an entire culture nor in the school system that says, no, it didn't happen. No, it didn't happen. No, it didn't happen. Uh, people who believe in the Bible and a virgin birth are stupid, crazy idiots, you know, which is what has happened with evolution for so long. Evolution says people who believe in the Bible are stupid. Uh, We evolved from apes and, and the, the planet's been around for billions of years and all of these things. And so, um, when you, when you read those things, they seem to fly so far in the face of scripture in what is an, a literal understanding of what I believe to be a historical narrative uh, text right. that that it's like these two do not sit well together. So I right. it's like I need to well, number one why <laughs> the question the question and 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 I would even argue this point why why is the virgin birth even important why prove the virgin birth because the virgin birth means nothing unless there was a reason why. Jesus had to be born not of a man seed, but of of the woman, and it's because of the whole thing that goes back into the historical text of talking about you know how sin was introduced and how it would be passed on through men. Does that make sense? It does and, make and, sense. And, and, the, and, and how how we fell away and were separated from God, and how God said that you know the, so it it all goes back to the story of the virgin birth goes back to Genesis. And so it's important if you want to understand, it's not important to believe in my mind, and this is me saying this, in my mind, it's not important to believe that there was a virgin birth. So what, Joseph and Mary got together, hooked up, what you know, whatever. It doesn't matter if wow, there was... Wow, Cliff, that's a huge and, statement, man. And, 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 I, so I, so I, and, and I just say just as huge, the only reason I can even mouth those words is because I believe in a virgin birth, and I don't think that Jesus is anybody if, he, if it wasn't. A virgin birth. Right, right, right. You see what I'm saying? Right. The reason why it's important that Jesus was a virgin birth is because that is what it takes for him to fulfill the scripture. And it it explains how we connect back to God, going back to where we were disconnected from God in Genesis. Right. And and it's more than just Genesis, in my in my opinion, because you have you have all kinds of prophets that are saying, Hey, it's going to happen this way. This is the you know, this is how you're going to know it's it's that that is the Messiah is because of virgin birth kinds of stuff. And, and, um, and, and, and of course, you know, resurrection, big time and ascension that, that I, like I said, I think a lot of Christians leave out the ascension. Like we're, we're in Easter tide right now. So we're celebrating the resurrection, but Christ is going to ascend because if he didn't ascend, then he just would have died again. And there would be no difference between him and Lazarus. Right. You know, so, and I, Oh my gosh, that's just something that Christians I don't think have a, as much of an emphasis on because I believe that the Christian faith is completely dependent not only on resurrection but on ascension. Right, it is a huge, huge part of our theology and completely dependent upon a virgin birth. Uh, some people would agree with that. Some people wouldn't. You just said it wouldn't. <laughs> what you said it wouldn't. No, I, I'm just I, I'm just saying if you didn't. I'm saying if I didn't believe in if I didn't believe in Genesis, then to me a virgin birth would not personally. Okay, if I did not believe in Genesis and I did not believe that that we were separated from God by sin as a result of the disobedient act of God, you know, against the will of God back in as we read in the literal right. Adam and Eve kind of story. If if Adam and Eve, if the story of Adam and Eve is just a fable 
to help explain how we broke in relationship, then then to me, the virgin birth is not that important. And then Jesus is not, there is no need for Jesus to save us and restore us. Oh, it's, gosh, I completely disagree with that. I, I mean, if, if, if Genesis 1 and, and Genesis 2 were not a literal event, then it, it is still attempting to explain who God is and who we are, who, what our nature is, that our nature in, in and of itself is one that is selfish and not selfless, and that God desires a relationship with his creation, um, on and on and on and on. And, 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 and so I have no problems with it not necessarily being a historical event that it happened, had to happen this way. Um, I, I really honestly have no problems with that. Um, and, okay. and the virgin birth is still just as important to me, even in the midst of that. So do you think it, the virgin birth is essential to Christian doctrine? I, I think that the purpose of the virgin birth, as well as the resurrection and ascension, is to prove that Jesus was God. Okay. And I think that you can still get the God proof um, with the resurrection and with the ascension. See, from and, and, but but it's just it's, it's just more understanding of saying, hey, you know, it, this is God doing the work here. It's not necessarily man. So I, it, to me, it's just more. It's just more. Um, I don't want to say fodder because <laughs> well, I don't, it's, it's like a military, like aiming at stuff. It, it's just, it's just more, um, I don't know. It's just, uh, I'm trying to say the word I'm trying to find. I don't, I don't know. know. It's just more evidence. It's just more evidence. See, see for me, that's not what the virgin birth is about altogether at all. Um, the, for me, my understanding, and, and again, my theology is influenced from various places where I've grown up in the church. So, and, and what I've read in, in the scriptures, right. but for me, when I think about the virgin birth, it has more to do with the fact that Jesus Christ was 100% human, but was without sin. And right. my understanding, 100% God and 100, I understand that. Yeah, but, yeah. <laughs> Just, you know. uh, okay. So yes, 100% God, but also 100% human, sure. Sure. but without sin. And the only we- reason he could be without sin is because he was not born of the seed of man. I've, I've that I've, I've I've heard that a ton of times in my I've life. Never heard that. I have that that it, that sin is is passed down. I'd have to I'd have to look that one up. Yeah, but, it, it, I just have to say I just because I love to say it. I always just just I used to always say in high school, it's Holy Spirit sperm. <laughs> <laughs> but it, Spirit but sperm. it's not human man. It, 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 right. I don't know. It, that that's just. It all, yeah, yeah, and and, and, so that's and like in and my like, mind, yeah, exactly. But why, why do you have to say that if he's fully man, then he would have the tendencies of man to to, and and I don't think it would be dependent upon man's seed if he's fully human. Well, I'm talking about um, then, the nature of sin. You know, we, we're right. born we're born separated from God because of because of that, and it's passed down from generation through generation. Right through the seed of man. That, that's what I've always been right. taught, and I don't know if it's just an evangelical thing or not. But this is what I've been taught all along. Is yeah, that? But then you have, but then you have Christ every now and then who's walking around saying, "This guy was not born this way. It was not because of any any previous sins no, no, that he no, was born this way. No, that, we're he was, talking about he was born this way so I could show my power. You know, I was just saying it's it's not always necessarily this is this isn't physical. By, I'm not talking about physical. The, you're the, talking about sin in general. I'm talking about the nat- born with the nature of sin. I am born a sinful man. Right. Jesus Christ was not born a sinful man. Okay. okay yeah. I. I mean, I don't disagree with that. But every other man has been born a right. sinful man. Sure. Yeah. 
And for me, the the it, it from what I've always understood is that um, <laughs> so sperm evil is what, is what it, it, seriously it's the seed right. of man. It, it, that is what I've and and ramen noodle says he's going to get. Um, the, the, reference the reference for me. For but, I, but I don't think it's necessarily the seed that is the reason that we are sinful in our nature. I think it's just our nature. Okay. He's got so, it here. First Corinthians 15, 21 through 22. Let me pull that up here real quick. Do you do? I actually already have my works up. All right. And then, uh, so we'll get it. Oh, you already got it. Yep. Oh, it didn't pull up. First Corinthians, Corinthians. Oh, it, didn't put the dash in there. There we go. No. Nope. Oh, First Corinthians 15. Why is uh Bible gateway not working? Oh, uh, it's because you're looking up for a word. Is that what it is? Oh yeah, you're right. Here we go. <laughs> no, it's still, still didn't not get it up. <laughs> Is there? I don't, know. Is I, think, there I don't think there's. I don't think there's a First Corinthians fifteen. All right. So uh, chat. yeah, there is fifteen. Yeah, uh, it's just where? Why? You know, is, like, I don't know why it's not bringing it up. First Corinthians. Here, I'll pull it up this way. Yeah. Let's so what was do. it? Twenty. But Christ has indeed been raised from the dead, the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. For since death came through a man, the resurrection of the dead comes also through a man. As for in Adam all die, so in Christ all will be made alive. But uh, each in his own turn, Christ, the first fruits, then when he comes, those who belong to him, then the end will come and his hands in the kingdom of God, the father. All right. So, uh, to do first fruits, those who fall. So first, okay. So for, for since death came through a man, the resurrection of the dead comes also through a man, uh, for as in Adam, all die. Uh, and so the, the thing is, is I, I, I don't think that that actually, is the the scripture that I would use? That you were thinking of, the, yeah. That that backs up the passing it down through the through the generation of of man to man and stuff like that, or from the seed of man all the way down. Right. But anyway, the the fact is is that Jesus in my that all of us who have been born of a of a humanly father, right? We have all been born with the nature of sin already entering the world, separated from God because of that sin. Right. I and I and I don't and I would I would just I would say that it doesn't necessarily only have to be because of birth. I think it's just our nature. Okay. So anyway. Okay. And and, and and that would agree with the way with my paradigm of understanding Genesis sure. because it's not necessarily only through birth that all those sinful natures occur. Okay. It's just the nature of who we are. Just you know Right. We were created to be in a relationship, but we also have this this stuff in us that is desiring not to be in relationship with God, but to be selfish instead of selfless. Right. Uh, which I would say would be more like God. Now, but, but the other thing is, is really quick getting back to, sure. um, getting back to Genesis. Um, one of the things that, uh, that I always found was interesting was um, the, uh, and, and I think that I, I think I would, I think I know how the creation museum would answer this, but this is just, a, and I'll, and I'll, I'll try to say it and, and maybe uh, Daniel in the chat room could be able to agree to this or disagree with this, but like, like for example, um, Genesis one eleven. Then God said, "Let the land produce vegetation, seed bearing plants and trees, and the land that bear fruit with seeds in it, according to the various kinds." And it was so. The land produced vegetation, and it and, and it's um, it's a creation that God is doing, but God is allowing the creation to do creation. Does that make sense? 
It's indirect creation. Okay. So, and he tells the same thing. Humans, you go multiply. Plants, you you go and, you know, you produce vegetation. Or land, you produce vegetation. Animals, you guys multiply. And so it's not necessarily that God, at least, at least the way I read Genesis, it's not necessarily that God is doing all those creations every single time. But it's indirect creation, so God is allowing the land to produce the vegetation. God is allowing man to, to, to create and animals to create. And so some people would say, well, that allows for evolution in the midst of Genesis because God is saying, I'm going to tell you to do the creation, but there could be you know slow changes and, and stuff like that happening in there. Now, now, Creation Museum says we don't believe in evolution, but we believe in speciification. Okay. I'm pretty sure that's the term that they used. And it was basically saying, okay, after the ark, all the animals get out and uh and and while you know after they've gotten out, they go they they go populate the earth again. You know, it's almost like a, a second creation in in a in a sense with with Noah. And uh and as they go to those different locations and different things, their species form depending on what what part of the world they're in and, and stuff like that. You know, if you go to a desert area, then your species will change a little bit because of that. Well, to me, it just sounds like evolution just with a different name on it, of course. But it's not necessarily survival of the fittest stuff. It's just, hey, this is what happens when you are a part of this world, a part of this different See, area. I don't, I don't think of it as evolution at all. I think it is adaptation. Evolution and adaptation, I think, are two different things. <laughs> Um, when I think evolution, I think evolving from one being to a different, completely different being like going where, where, so do you think that it's possible that God did in, did not involve, um, create the human being as, as we know it today, the homo sapien, but instead that we had this, um, this ape that God created these apes that, that, that that was what God created and God allowed the earth to, to produce itself and to create itself and evolved into a human man as right. we know today. And that's, and that's, that's the, that's what I'm still wrestling with. I'll, to be honest with you, that's, you know, necessarily not necessarily, um, something that, you know, that that's that way. I mean, I, I have, I, I honestly, that's, that's the one area is humanity. That's the only area, honestly, that I've, that, that I have issues with when it comes to the evolution stuff was the, was the fact of that, you know, is, is that general growth, like animals, it's fine. Plants it's fine or whatever else. Um, and, and people, of course, ev- evolutionists would say, well, we're fine. At least Christian evolutionists would say, well, that's, we're fine with that because he started with, they didn't start with humans. He started with water and then he started, you know, and then, and then everything else kind of grew out of that. And so since it's not necessarily needed to be literal and, and explaining how, then why couldn't evolution be found within creation as, you know, cause here's, here's a, a, a theological explanation of what's going on and what's happened over time. Yeah. I, I so, just have never seen any kind of any, any sort of proof whatsoever that, and I've never heard in, of substantiated proof that, that any species has ever evolved into another kind of animal. Uh, it, it's just, there's no, well, that of course you, you hear that all the time. It's just called evolution. You know what I'm saying? That's, but it's from a biblical from but, point of view is what you're talking about, right? No, 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 no. I'm talking about I've never seen it in science. I've never seen any proof of one kind of animal evolving into another. I, I've never heard of a case of where, you know, at the zoo, a human's born 
um, or you know, or in the jungle, all of a sudden, you know, these two apes give birth to a human child. I I just don't. <laughs> They're not saying that in evolution. They're saying it happens over mo- millions of years. Of course, right. you're not going to see but, what but, there's a human out of so, two apes. On the so, so, but, but okay, but it happens over millions of years. But why is there no gradual change? I mean, why are we not seeing? Uh, I mean. <laughs> I don't know. My my thinking is well, okay. I mean, the, the evolution would say the reason you're not seeing it is because you haven't been around long enough to see it. I mean, where it's like you know they would say, and, and this is you know I'm talking evolutionists here. I'm not talking creationists. They would say you've got this much time that it took, and humans didn't show up on the spot until like right here, and in in all you're actually seeing is this much. We showed up right here. Of all this time, we and, and all you're you're only experiencing this much time, and so that's when they would say you know. That's I mean I'm just I'm just explaining how they would explain it. Yeah, DG um, Daniel's saying, but they are saying that change is from one kind of animal 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 to another. Well, even more so, they're saying that it's from plant to animal, and you know from you know single cell organism to animal. Yeah, um, you know, so it's it's even more than that. I think it's more than just animal to animal. Yeah, I I don't know. I when when I read Genesis, the the I mean maybe I'm just and and for me like I this is I maybe I I, I found myself a little bit more defensive of creationism than than I thought I would be okay, because honestly sure. to be honest with you, um, there I do know that many of my creationist friends believe that if you don't believe in Genesis, then then you have you're going to have some issues, and you even said at the museum they told you if you can if you can believe Genesis right. one through eleven literally, then the rest of the Bible is going to be smooth sailing. Right, but they'll also tell you that if you don't believe in the literal account of um you know Genesis one through two or the early part of Genesis there that that it starts to really raise questions about the reliability of the rest of the scriptures. I don't know that I go that far. Personally, my my belief is this. And and I don't think that and, and they'll tell you up front at the Creation Museum that is not our stance. So and that's and that's good for them to say that because that is definitely one of the things that people have against them that they're saying that that people think and this is, you know, this is straight from Ken Ham's mouth. I mean, he he said one misconception that everyone has is that we believe that if you don't believe in 7 24-hour days of evolution, then you're not a Christian. Right. And he said up front, that is not the case. Please stop. You know, he didn't say, please stop that rumor, but they did everything but, but say that. So, I mean, I don't know if, I don't think that they would actually, you know, at least he, he doesn't, the founder doesn't actually believe that. I mean, they, they can, they're okay with saying, Hey, I still believe that you and I still believe in the risen Christ of Jesus, right. you know, r- risen Jesus Christ. I still believe, and I completely validate that you are a Christian, whether you agree in seven twenty-four hour little days in creation or not, in Genesis or not. I still believe they're Christians, and so they, and they made that very clear. They made yeah. that very clear, and, 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 and that was great. I mean, I was really happy to hear that. And this, and now I want to get to where I was going to tell you about God kind of giving me a hard time. So, so after I heard that, and I was just like, you know, awesome. You know, I was just that's cool. That's cool. <laughs> After I heard that, God, I, I just said, you know, in my mind, it was just as if God, as if Christ said, you know what, if uh, if I would have chosen to come back in, in today's time period and I would have had 12 disciples, who's to say that I wouldn't have grabbed you and one of these creationists? <laughs> and can you imagine the conversations we would have? Because that's exactly what happened in the New Testament when Christ found his disciples. Tax collector, Pharisee, you know, it's like he grabbed people from... Completely, 
who would consider themselves, you know, we're both Jews here, but man, I really dislike you a lot because right. you are wrong with the way you think and the way you live your life or whatever else. And yet he brought them all together under his name and said, this is my family. You know, these are my brothers. <laughs> and I was there thinking, man, it would be just like Jesus yeah. <laughs> to be able to say, hey, DG, one of your brothers, you know, who, uh, who's, who's probably going to um, join me in ushering in the kingdom in a new way, in a cool way. Oh, by the way, they're they're one of the creations that you disagree with. Like, God, God. <laughs> and you know, you know they're thinking the same thing. Like, God, God, absolutely. And and I just want to let people know if you're <laughs> if you're hearing me, my, I am. I have never went to seminary. Uh, I was associate pastor for a short period of time and have been involved in ministry uh, in staff positions, leading small group Bible studies. I I took a couple uh, semesters at Nazarene Bible College in Colorado, but it was more New Testament studies than it was Old Testament. Um, I've, I've definitely seen a lot of materials from the creation museum mm-hmm. and, um, you know, I, so far I have seen a ton of stuff that just reaffirms what I already accepted to be truth. And, and so I, I honestly, I do believe in the literal trend, uh, literal interpretation of Genesis and stuff like that. But I, at the same time, I know that my friend DG does not necessarily hang his hopes on the fact that that is all a literal thing and he allows for and 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 i have i don't question his christianity and and just like dg said that the um, museum doesn't and and you know what this is while i feel i i believe with full with the fullness of faith that that creation happened the way that it happened i i don't believe for a second that i have to be right if i'm wrong and god did it some other way that doesn't for me that does not change the fact that that God created the world and sin was introduced into the world and that Jesus Christ came to save us from sin and you know and and that he died on the cross to pay our sacrifice and uh brought us back into a relationship with God in his resurrection and ascension yeah yeah so I, yeah exactly that, that, for for me honestly creation is for me, it is a non-essential issue uh, overall. And I have some friends of mine that would totally just, they're just squirming right now because I say that. But the thing is, it, it, to me, I believe it fully. And I'm just saying that because somebody else doesn't believe exactly how I do in that area, that that I, I, I just don't question their Christianity. And, of course, I've come to sure. the point now where, where you know, I, the more I think about, it, I don't. I, who who am I to question people's Christianity? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you oh, know, yeah. Let, yeah, exactly. I, I'm, matter of fact, there, God's never asked me to question and to to put a stamp of approval. You know, to right. to yeah. sign off on anybody. So so, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> unless yeah. God asked me to do that, I'm just not going to do it. And so I'm. I believe what I believe, and 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 sure, I've 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 had enough of an interest to learn about it. To, to investigate it, and I investigate it to the degree that I felt I need, needed to. Right, right. And I'm cool with what I understand and what what I believe. Sure. And I don't think the, that if you're right, that everything that I've built my sure. faith upon is gone. Right. And and th- here's another funny thing. This is actually, you know, once again, God it just is awesome. Um, they asked us to fill out questionnaires and any thoughts or ideas we had afterwards. And so two and I were just being really honest. You know, I was just being really honest. And I just said, you know, I wish there was some place 
where you could actually allow people to ask questions before they came in, you know, saying, you know, and getting some of those things out by saying, Hey, I, I, I heard that you guys don't believe that I'm a Christian. If I don't believe in seven 24 hour days, I wish there was a place for people to be able to say those things. And it would then give them an opportunity to be able to address those things. You know what I'm saying? And that's what was my suggestion was saying, I know it'd be, Technically, it'd probably be impossible because you'd, you'd make every tour like 12 hours long <laughs> to have like this brainstorming area over here and just get out all the misconceptions and get out, you know, at least you would know who you're giving the tour to. And then you can actually address those issues as you go through. Right. I thought that was a pretty, you know, that's not me dogging them or disagreeing with them or anything else. It's actually is me kind of helping them, I thought. But Tiffany did say that the tour guide that we had uh, was was she just found it really hard to listen to because he was just, he was very passionate about stuff mm-hmm. and he was very proud of how God brought everything together and how, you know, all these amazing people came together to be able to make this happen. And I forgot how expensive this place was, but I mean, this place was a lot of money. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, and of course one of the arguments I'm sure they have to deal with all the time is, wow, you know, if you would just would have spent half this amount of money helping to solve hunger issues in the world, I mean, golly, it's just, it just seems, and I, but I have the issue with people building these big, huge churches too. You know, man, why do you think it has to be dependent on this big building? Yes, there's advantages and disadvantages, blah, 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 blah. But, uh, but one of the things that I did is I had a bottle of water, a plastic bottle of water. And after we went to the, the experience theater, uh, I asked her if they recycled and she goes, no, just, just throw it away. <laughs> I was like, oh God. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, okay, and another thing that you guys could learn from this, you guys, you guys of all the people in the planet should be jumping on the green bandwagon. You guys should be all over that. You should be teaching people how to plant organically, how to, you know, how to love the creation and how to take care of all those things. And so I was like, that is one place you guys have completely missed a wonderful opportunity to be able to connect with the rest of the world to be able to show, Hey, it is good to be green because this stuff is part of God's creation. And you can't, you can actually care for the creator by doing some of those things. So anyway, I think that would be a great idea for them to actually do. And it killed me when the lady's like, Oh no, no, just throw it away. And I was like, come on, you're the creation museum. Don't you, when you want to recycle. And when, in the email that he sent back to me, uh, the, the, our, our, our guy who led us around, he said they do recycle. But I never saw a recycle bin the entire time I was there. They really should make that known. Gotcha. Um, uh, but anyway, and so and then uh, and and so that was one part. But anyway, Tiffany's response number one was while we were walking around, the guy that gave us the tour was one of their local experts on, um, I think, on the specification stuff, and uh, and so he. <laughs> He, when we were walking around, there was a there was a black gentleman that was with us as well. And I think he was like a, a chaplain to the firefighter uh, to the uh, to one of the uh, firefighting places in Cincinnati. And he basically said, and he said up front, he said, "If you believe in evolution, you are a racist." He made that statement. Okay. And he said, because if you believe in evolution, then you believe that black people are lower than white people, and that they haven't evolved, or blah 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 blah. And so you automatically are a racist if you believe in evolution. I was just like, dude, that is a ma- 
massive statement that you just made. And when Tiffany heard that, she dismissed everything he said. He completely lost her. I mean, yeah, that, yeah. I mean, completely. That was on somebody with the creation music. Oh, yeah. That? Like, big time, dude. I mean, he's on, he, in the packet they gave us, he was one really? of the DVD's main speakers. Um, and it says that statement has to come with explanation. Well, I'm sorry, Ron, I'm sorry, Daniel. You know, he tried to explain it, and it didn't work out very well for me or my wife. I mean, that was just that's a huge, huge statement. Yeah, that I I've and never he said heard that he like he that. he said that he actually told a radio station that. Uh, and it, and it, but then he says, uh, "Evolution has racist roots." Well, <laughs> would I, let's I, let's bury those roots then, man. Let's not, you know. But it just it just it's just unbelievable that he said that. And of course, Tiffany said that. And the great thing is, this is how God, how awesome God is. The guy who gave us our tour actually responded to our comments in an email back to us, and so he was like, "I noticed that <laughs> that Tiffany said that." It was very, the person who gave him the tour was very hindering of the ability to go through the museum. And Tiffany was like, "Oh crap, I got to talk to him about it," <laughs> you know, which is great. I thought that was classic and awesome. But anyway, yeah. I just there there were some things I did what, think it was a not- huge a bit of propaganda. Um, but I mean, I, and sadly, I don't know if everyone would would expect that by then calling themselves a creation museum and things like that. Huge amount of propaganda for, you know, what they believe. And, I, you know, I'm okay with that. I understand that going into it. I, that's no problem for me. Um, but I, I do think that it would it would be wonderful for them to be able to provide that knowledge kind of up front a little bit more and just say, hey, it, we really are trying to give you our viewpoint here. And, and I don't I just don't know if it's if it's building as a, as a museum. I sure would like to see a lot more artifacts. <laughs> Because if there were any, I didn't see hardly any that were true like artifacts. I mean, there was very, very little, if if any, uh, hmm. of artifacts. And, you know, that's what I kind of have an expectation of a museum, not just an experience of, you know, does that make sense? I don't know. If yeah, that no, I, I understand what you're saying. So, you know, I want to see a whole bunch more of like, you know, show me, you know, the actual bone of the human being that was right beside the bone of the dinosaur and, and, you know, show me the, the same, you know, whatever else. And, and you know, I, I think that would be interesting mm. uh, behind that. But anyway, so, but you want to get to that? What, do we even have time? Oh, man, we don't have time, do we? We, we are at 46 minutes, so I think we have just a little bit of time left. Oh, because I really want to get to that one email, well, bef- uh, that voicemail. We have, we're going to go to two voicemails. I, first, let's go to the one that, that covered, uh, I think, maybe something to do with the shack, and then we'll go to the other one. Okay, cool. So here's this one. Hey, Cliff. This is uh, MDG. This is uh, Rick from Wisconsin calling for the About the Church podcast. And um, I have not read the book, The Shack. Uh, I have a a friend who has. uh, His wife really liked it, thought it was great, and he read it. And he got to the the point where uh, Papa is revealed, and he was not happy with that. He thought it was heresy. Um, But he... He didn't think the book was a bad book. He just thought that if you didn't have a good uh, grounding theologically, you could be misled by reading that. Now, I guess that's true if you are getting your theology from pop culture type books. Um, I think if you're basing your theology on the Bible and you read books like this or the Chronicles of Narnia, uh, you kind of have to take them for what they are as a book. And I don't know, if someone who has no Christian background reads that book, 
whether they would adopt that idea as a as a right interpretation of things or not, I I don't know. But um, I'm pretty sure from what you said about the author that that's not the author's intention. So um, I don't know exactly why why people are so against the book. I'm probably not personally interested in reading the book myself anyway, so I'm not going to get too excited against it or for it. Um, on, a, on a different topic, uh, I, you tease next week's show to be about the Creation Museum. I'm assuming the, the one that Ken Ham runs there. And um, I really have wanted to go down and visit it, but I haven't had a chance yet. I've read some of the um, negative media, uh, you know, the, the people who don't believe in creation kind of mocking it. Um, I haven't really read anything from a Christian perspective other than I have heard uh, Cliff make a couple comments, I think in particular about Ken Ham's um, kind of assertion that you must believe in Genesis uh, almost to, in order to be saved. I'm not sure that you, you need to do that uh, to be a Christian, but um, I do believe in, in a literal translation. I do believe in the literal creation. And it's interesting that uh, starting this Sunday at our church, we have a Sunday school class taught by a guy who's a physics and biology teacher in a public school who's going to talk about origins of life and the different theories. And there's more than two. So um, <laughs> maybe I'll call you back with an update on what I learned from that and after I get a chance to listen to the next show. Thanks. Rick, thank you so much uh, for you. that feedback. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, the, it's not the Creation Museum that actually believes that, but there are there are some creationists, maybe some that actually work there, uh, but that yeah, do believe be. that you must believe uh, that strongly. But yeah, yeah, very good. So that's cool. Yeah, we kind of got to address that before we even got the voicemail. Exactly. And thanks so much for the shack thing. And yeah, you're right. I, I think that uh, any book that is written at a at a cultural level that's not the Bible should be used. I mean, it should be interpreted through the Bible and make sure that the you know the theology is correct and, and things like that. So I I, I put out a Twitter message the other day that um, I'm reading uh, the book Think and Grow Rich. And by it's by uh, Napoleon Hill, and he was uh, he he talks about you know Dale Carnegie and all these other guys, and has this the it you know it's one of those kind of self help self improvement kind of you know thinking you know and and it's got principles as far as you know don't give up um, you know you have to really believe in things you have to have a you have to desire if you want things to happen you have to desire it to the point where you know, that th- you understand what your purpose is and then you'll succeed and, and stuff like that. And I read the, I, 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 I'm reading it. And of course I'm, I'm always looking to read things in light of, or with discernment of, you know, what matches up and what doesn't align with scripture. But uh, it was funny. I got a Twitter message back saying, Oh, be careful, be careful. And I'm like, what? I, I can't read books anymore. <laughs> They're like you don't understand that books it, it it's it's the secret and 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 it's the the think and grow rich and it's this and it's That's this funny. and it's like they they're they all have their roots in in um uh I forget what it was but anyway it's like can't I just read a book and yeah. <laughs> without being Feel, feel like I'm a horrible Christian because I'm reading a book. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, and, and the other book I was going to suggest to you that's been suggested to me that I haven't read yet is called Orbiting the Giant Hairball. Okay, a corporate fool's guide to surviving with grace, and it's actually really cool because he's a uh, he's a guy from Hallmark 
that Hallmark is they're, they're known. You have to be creative in that place. I mean, the only way it's going to continue to work is if you come up with the new ideas and different ideas for cards and stuff like that. Well, he's basically saying, well, it got too corporate. Right. And so it's his way of, of saying, hey, even in the midst of the corporate world, I'm, I'm orbiting this giant hairball. We still have to be creative. And so it's a, a lot of people have said it's a it's a great it's a great book. So anyway, I just it's, it sounds like someone right up your alley that you'd have fun with it. It's you know business understanding stuff, but right, it sounds really good and and uh, it sounds of course you know with a title like that, come on, orbiting the giant yeah. hairball is pretty funny. What and what's the title one more time? Orbiting the giant hairball. Gotcha. <laughs> what a title. So anyway, sorry. That's okay. What while you were talking about that, I'm I'm looking up this uh, this conversation. That came out there to do to do. So I hear have it. Okay. Yeah. I'm, I'm like probably two pages away from finding this conversation. Uh, and if it's not on two pages more then I'm giving up, I put the link to the orbing giant hairball in the chat room. If you want to. Yeah. It's, it's, I haven't read it yet. So don't, I'm, you know, I just like the title. Anyway, uh, I'll just do give you that, do that one voicemail really quick. Yeah, I do. And, and I wanted to cover, um, Jeff's email, because you did you pull that up real quick? His email? Yeah, the email I just forwarded to you. Oh, let me open up my email. Sorry, I, I didn't know you're telling me to do it right now. I just thought you're like, okay, cool. He forwarded me an email. <laughs> <laughs> let me get it. So, so this and this is regarding the shack too, and then we'll go on to the creation thing, and and then we'll wrap. We got seven minutes left. And thanks, by the way, for giving us feedback on the shacks. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. It we we got quite a bit. So, but uh, Jeff, you know, this might be a good time to talk to them about how they could sponsor us if they want to. Who's that? Anyone? Oh yeah. So if you want to um, like become a plus member, you can do that over at gspn.tv/plus, and uh, we'd appreciate your support of what we're doing here um, and with gspn.tv as a whole. Before you do that, I would encourage you to go to gspn.tv/about. And yeah. then head over to uh, find out who we're about, what we're doing, and then head over to gspn.tv slash plus and quit, click on the um, testimonials there, a bunch of audio testimonials and even some written ones. And uh, if you have any questions about it, feel free to email me, cliff at gspn.tv. And if you have any feedback regarding anything, feel free to call it in at area code 859-795-4067. All right. Are you ready? I'm not. It's still... Oh, here it is, finally. Oh, you're using Apple Mail. Yep. <laughs> or Mail, yeah. Okay, you ready? Remember yes. Response to Cliff, about Church 73. I understand your heart behind sharing things and bringing things to light. I understand you are human. <laughs> Thanks for clarifying that, whoever this is. I understand you're human, and we, will, and we all have emotions and feelings that get tied up when we share. We cannot be 100% st- detached from the issue we discuss, I've shared some clarifications I feel need to be brought forth from the About the Church episode. I'm almost halfway done with the podcast, but had to type while it's fresh. I understand that people have a, or maybe should have and do question God and may even uh, curse God. But the point of the first author uh, in the clip you played was making it that was making that you will not go into God's presence and cuss not that God is not father and we do not have a relationship, but that when we are in God's presence, we will be reverent. If you look into the Bible with Moses and Isaiah, who had encounters with God, they were on their knees and reverent. Yeah. Except the time when he yelled at God and hit it, struck a rock. 
And then some other things happen with water. But anyway, Job and others like David did question and, and voice complaints about their situations. But the difference is that they were not doing it in God's immediate presence. They were doing it in prayer. The argument the first person was making is if we come into the presence of God as portrayed in the book, it will look different. The next point, Driscoll, and uh, in general about separating a fiction book uh, that contains a view of God and view of a view of God and the view of God, a major issue in the churches of the United States is a biblical literacy. People think that they know what the Bible says or think they have a worldview that lines up with Scripture, but it's not the case. So many people call themselves, quote, Christian, but don't fully understand what it means. I know that is not you. However, there is a large population who, parentheses, wrongly, in parentheses, assume if they get something in a, quote, Christian bookstore or buy a, quote, Christian author, it's okay. I do not understand that it is just sales. We are called at, we are called a Christian to look at the world and everything in it through the glasses worldview of Scripture. In other words, knowing what Scripture says God's view is on something, then we can judge the things in this world against it, against truth. But new Christians and ones who do not have a biblical worldview could take what some things say about the truth and make the Bible con- and make the Bible confirm it or conform to it. It was great you knew about the issue with the shag going into it. However, I do not think most people who read it or who read it have that advantage. Driscoll and others are trying to bring light to these issues and warn the weaker brothers against something that could be a stumbling block. Did Driscoll do this perfectly? No. I do not know Driscoll's thoughts on C.S. Lewis, but here, here are mine in relation to the shack. Lewis and the Chronicles of Narnia, the chronic what owes of Narnia, sorry, <laughs> series. And, Jeff really put that in there. No, <laughs> yeah. he did not. Lewis and the Chronicles of Narnia, Narnia series and Decker in the, in the Circle Trilogy have different pictures of the story of the Bible. They do, however, uh, they do, however, make a clear distinction between the story set, quote, in our world reality and the story set in, quote, other world reality. They also both do not have a physical representation of God. They do have Christ, a lion and a man. The shack does not have a clear break. Uh, we do not know until later that the meeting was not in, quote, our reality. Do you think the shack should be banned? No. But I think people need to read it knowing the full picture. Once again, I think the issue is the church in the United States needs a better understanding of the Bible. We are called to be like the, the Berean believers, Acts 17.11, who hear and examine the scripture to see if things are true. We were also to be like the sons of uh, Issachar. Yeah, Issachar. First, first Chronicles, not Corinthians, First Chronicles 12.32, and understand the times and knew what to do. I hope this a long-winded letter helps add to the discussion. All Thanks, right. Jeff. Yeah, and, and by the way, um, knowing Jeff personally, I can tell you that the, the, re- the letter was written in a very respectful and calm tone just yeah. from my experience with him. But uh, I, I did. Never, I never got anything other than that. Yeah, exactly. And 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 I did respond to him and I'd love to share with with you some of the responses that I had as far as um, uh, the point the author is trying to play is that you won't go into the presence and cuss God. I said, uh, but that is just uh, a storytelling, um, the style of conversations that it, basically the author's just having telling a story of conversation he's had with God. Not that he's been in the physical presence of God, right. but he's trying to recount. So the best he can do is this weekend at the shack, which, of course, you know, won't get, we won't spoil the end, but it's not necessarily what it seems to be. So anyway, um, uh, as far as the cussing God, uh, and it says here, uh, basically, I wrote back. First off, I'm not sure I could ever imagine what is portrayed in this book ever happening to, to me uh, as far as it... Uh, 
being in the presence of God for an entire weekend. Uh, the story is fiction, and it's simply portraying to his children types of things the author he, author he himself has um, experienced, uh, which which is uh, in prayer. So basically, in when when Mackenzie in this in this book is cursing in God's presence, which it's not cursing at God, but cursing in God's presence. He he basically says. You know, you want me to forgive that, and if, if I'm not mistaken, I think he said, "You want me to forget that, forgive that bastard." Oh yeah, you know, and, yeah. and that's not cursing at God, and and I'm sure that people have cursed at God. Oh yeah, even worse than that. Um, so so anyway, it, I just didn't see that as a as a huge issue. And, and it, Driscoll, and it comes across or not Driscoll, to, but that other pastor, Botsford. yeah, and it comes across to saying, "Oh no, God's physical presence wasn't there." <laughs> Come on, I mean, well, that's getting into huge theology issues. Of well, wait a second. You don't think God's presence is there, but somehow his non his non physical presence is less than his than wait wait yeah. somehow it's his physical presence is more or greater than his non physical presence. Do we believe that God is always present? You know what I'm right. saying? Well, the Holy Spirit's more forgiving. It's not actually God. No, that's God. You know, it's just, just yeah. You I, get into a lot of issues going on. There. I mean, are are we not able to enter into the throne room of God through the grace of Jesus Christ? Yeah, I mean, I've certainly felt that I've been in the presence of God, but yet I will tell you when I've when I've actually felt that close to God, it was always in a very it, you're not cussing. It, it was very reverent. That's what and that's what I'd say. Yeah, but I was saying, you know, I'm saying, but there are whether times you when feel that that presence is there or whether that the presence time. is there. Yeah, what makes you think that God is not a graceful enough to be able to, and He's big enough to be able to handle cussing even at Him. Exactly. I, and, know, in yeah. fact, and that's one of the things that I love, and that's one of the things I believe to be true about the Father. Right. You know, God the Father. and, and, and God, yeah. Yeah. So anyway, um, the next point is about the fact that so many people call themselves Christians but don't understand what it means. Uh, uh, here's what I said. I, I said, you have a valid point here, though I don't think young is to blame for the fact that people don't understand what Christianity, that they're illiterate biblically okay so i don't think that the author should be blamed it was never his intention when he wrote the story to sell it to any store Mm. so it it, the remember the first pastor who says and you know what makes this even more deceptive it's being sold in christian stores right 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 right. it's popular it it, so that's no that's that doesn't make it any more or less deceptive right you know the the fact that it's being read by christians right um, but anyway, the same. I think I think the uh, Jeff, who is who's basically saying, "Yeah, I completely agree with you." Those Christian stores are just as much to blame because they're they're handing out the stuff to baby Christians as well as mature Christians. Blah, blah, blah. I, I'll tell you what. I'll go into the <coughs> to the local Christian store here in in Northern Kentucky, uh-huh. and I will be able to pull out some nonfiction things that will blow your mind away that are so anti scriptural. It ain't funny. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, and, th- and again, this is and I'm and I'm and please understand, I'm not arguing against um jeff he knows my heart i mean right, he sure and I are good friends well that's and that's another thing that kind of threw me off for a loop there when i walked into the creation museum was all the dragon talk yeah D- dragons every dragon 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 and they're basing it all of all of all off of leviathan mm-hmm. which you and leviathan is in all kinds of ancient near eastern texts and it's always been like a sea monster and it's because the seas have always been something that's a scary place. People die on the sea. It goes from a beautiful day to choppy, dead in the water, literally dead in the water in a heartbeat. And so, you know, people, I, my understanding is that people say, well, you know what? Hey, that's, that's why we always put a monster in the seas <laughs> right? because that's a dangerous place. 
And if you think about it in the New Testament as well as the Old Testament, that is where chaos resides. I mean, chaos is in the sea, in the ocean. And if you have the theology understanding of chaos being in the ocean, then you actually understand Revelation when it says there are going to be no more seas. Not necessarily literally no more seas. Right. <laughs> but it's just saying chaos will be dealt with. It's not this horrible place anymore. God's presence is going to be. Anyway. Right. So one of the things I pointed out is that many pr- Christians will buy a Bible that has a lot of commentary in it, uh-huh. which not all that commentary is is accurately interpreting every single word that's in that Bible. I mean, it, right. it, there's a lot of... Uh, there's a lot of contention between that. So, uh, and, and so basically I said biblical literacy is a real issue in American culture. I agree about that. However, I can see how an inspiring story such as The Shack can actually cause people to have a peaked, a peaked interest in who God is and whether or not these books express about uh, whether or not what the book expresses about who God is whether or not that lines up with what they learned in Sunday school or or what the Bible actually says. So I, I you know, the fact is is that I can see somebody who has no idea what the shack is about. Somebody handed it to them. Maybe they never went to church a day in their life. They never have a thought of God. And they read this book and all of a sudden, is it possible that they read it and it's like, wow, that's who God is. That's who I hear all my Christian friends talking about. Wow, that's amazing. Now I understand God. Is it possible that somebody would come away with that? Maybe, but right. but hey, if they're at least thinking about God at this point, let God then use that as an opportunity to really uh, reveal Himself, who He really is to that person. And yes, so, yes. And, and we said, you know, it's it's yeah, exactly. I mean, why do we? And this I think this goes back to the whole evangelism stuff that we don't we're not allowing God to be able to use some things. Uh, in the world because they are not sacred, mm-hmm. they are secular, and and God's not allowed to use those things. I'm sorry, good gosh, what do you think the cross is? Yeah, <laughs> you can't get more secular than the cross, and yet God is redeeming it and showing in the midst of it that that He can be seen in it. So that, that's kind of a mute argument in, in a lot of times in my cases. Right. And um, did let's see here. So basically, there there was a bunch of other things that I had kind of said back, but um, you know, we we shared in episode seventy three my heart on the issue, and 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 I know where Jeff is coming from, and I and I know that there's a lot of concern out there, but sure. I, I I personally just don't see this leading anybody astray. I I really can't see it happening. Um, if anything, I I think I have more faith in God teaching and leading and guiding his people and speaking through his spirit, then I think Mark Driscoll gives his own congregation mm. um, credit for. And, 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 and I don't mean that as a, as a jive because, sure, but, sure, but sure. I, and I only base that upon the, the thing that says where he says, have you read the shack? Don't. Right. Exactly. You know, and, and the idea that he's warning people about a stumbling block. I, and, and why can't, why can't you allow Christians to be intellectual and say, hey, go ahead, read it. This is how we would talk about it. Yeah. Instead of saying and assuming, no, this is going to lead you astray. No, you're a bunch of ignorant Christians. That's what I that, felt. That's Exactly. That's what you're hearing is my congregation, I have to protect them so much. I can't give them an education to help them use it to be able to teach about who God is. I have to protect them so much. You don't read this ever. And, and what's so crazy is that audio from the video that I played – was from his series on teaching doctrine about the Trinity. Right. I mean, that's that's what gets me. Is It's like, 
you know, let me so but I agree with you 100%. I I think that, you know, if if you have a very high percentage of your Christian uh congregation who are reading this book and are confused and starting to believe, say things like now I completely understand the Trinity. Thank goodness for this book, you know. <laughs> if you have that instead of warning them to not read it, let's say let let's yeah. let's use this as an opportunity now that you've oh my god because do you know how many times as a christian i've walked into a a sanctuary or or an auditorium and the pastor gets up there and he wants to preach and teach his theology and to be honest with you I, it's the same thing i've heard for the last you know 32 years of my life or 35 years of my life or now 36 years of my life and it's like i already believe all this stuff i i'm so tuned out you know, but then all of a sudden I might read the book, The Shack, and it, it's like, oh, oh, I never thought of that. And now it's got my wheel spinning and not that I'm going to base my theology, but all of a sudden now if my pastor comes to me and says, you know what, there's this book, The Shack, and in a couple of weeks we're going to cover it. Uh, we're going to talk about it and we're going to see how it lines up with theology. Right. It's like, boom, I, I am, you know what, I'm putting my, my Kindle on the iPhone, you know, application in my pocket, and I'm, right. I'm, I'm totally zoned in on this, on this sermon that you're preaching. Yeah. You know, I, I'm, let, let me, let it pique my interest now. So anyway, all right, one last call, and then we're done. Okay. Here we go. Hey, GSBN crew, this is Steph from Long Beach, California, calling. Uh, for the About the Church podcast, I just want to let's have some fun here, throw out a hypothetical, because Cliff, I know you're a big, if not bigger, sci-fi fan than I am, so let's, let's just throw out this hypothetical. Say one day, there are aliens from space, come down on Earth, reveal themselves. Now, we know for a fact that these are aliens, it's not a Hollywood hoax, it's not people pulling a prank, it's not demons pretending to be aliens so that they can form a new cult or whatever. These are honest to goodness. God created aliens from another planet. Do you, the question is, do you witness to them? Would they be involved in the whole plan of salvation since they are from another planet? Does Jesus' crucifixion cover beings from another planet? Would that even be possible? And so... The other question would be, well, if the reverse happened, what if these aliens who came down were missionaries and they wanted to tell you all the greatness of God incarnate, I don't know, glop glop in their culture or something like that, where it completely parallels the story of Christ, but it's glop glop instead glop, of Jesus. Glop. <laughs> what do you do? How do you handle that? How do you witness? Do you witness? Are they like animals that they don't? necessarily get covered per se just curious on your thoughts how you would debate that that or not just curious for fun (laughs) thanks love the show bye oh crud what was her name again hold on let me hey gsbn crew this is steph from long beach california calling she says Uh, steph i think so hold on one more time hey gsbn crew this is steph from long beach california calling steftis i I, that's what (laughs) i heard steftis but i I think it's steph is who is from yeah. Long Beach Cove. So, Steph, thank you for your call. Um, aliens, can I just say that Father Roderick did this series about two years ago on his Daily Breakfast. He, he had a series of, of segments uh, about, you know, life on other planets and, and, and had all those questions. 
and 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 I, I kind of immediately dismissed it at first, and then I was like, you know what, that is interesting to just kind of think about. Not exactly sure why I care, but <laughs> but it's fun to think about. It Come is on. fun. It you is and fun I to... both like sci-fi stuff. We do I like, like sci-fi, sci-fi stuff. stuff. Come on. So you know, I don't. I don't know. I mean, God does not talk about it in the Bible, so I don't know that I have any Christian biblical standing for any kind of thing like that. But as far as principles or what have you, what what if they came and told us the gospel of glop glop? I think I might have a trouble with that one. <laughs> you know, ultimately, it would be really interesting to me. Honestly, it would be really interesting. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, th- I think just like in Revelation, the early church, when they read Revelation, they literally believed in that thousand years. So when the thousand years was over with, they had to say, okay, whoa, whoa, we got that one wrong. Let's go back and let's try to figure out what's going on here. Okay, so I think that that would be kind of the thing that would be happening is people would say, oh, wait a second. And I'm taking this true. I'm taking this honestly. If that something like that did happen, we would say, wait a second. Okay, we have a new understanding of what might have gone on. Let's see. Let's go back to Scripture, just like what we were kind of talking about with the shack stuff and say, well, is there room for this kind of stuff in Scripture? Now, I personally believe that everything that's going on in Scripture it has cosmic, and I'm talking entire mm-hmm. universe effects. Uh, so would I believe that Christ would have died for them if they were sentient beings, they were thinking, and they could make rational decisions? Yeah, <laughs> because I believe that what Christ did was for the entire universe. Now, But the question is, were they created here on this earth? And uh, the question I mean, it's, is... It's billions of different I know, things. You know? I know, I know. If they were planted, you know, created on this earth, then would we consider them to be like an if yeah, this is so it's classic we're bringing it is, back in is the are they an the, evolved form of an animal <laughs> are they an evolved? but the question is is uh, is the earth the center of all creation right exactly you know do, right. are 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 we so self uh, the question i like to ask are we so self-centered to right. think that this is and the church would imprison you for saying that the earth was not the center of the universe yeah. what is that the sun what in yeah. the jail cell. Yeah, remember, remember the world is flat thing. <laughs> yeah. so, so, you know, if there's anything that I do like uh, about going back and tying this into the Creation Museum is that, that the, the, the Creation Museum does not, like, say, okay, let's forget about all this science, forget about all this science. We, we have to just believe what we read here. But they do have scientists, and they do have things. And, and, and people will argue that, you know, well, they're they're going at this. They haven't. They predetermined in their mind what the truth is, and then they're looking for research to back it up. But I would say, when I went to science class in biology and in chemistry, well, it was mostly in biology, I think, or maybe in chemistry. But we had to do this this thing called a hypothesis. This is what I think is going to happen, you know. <clears throat> and now let's test it to see if it's true. So, I mean, is there really a, an unbiased view of of science going in? I don't know. But anyway. Yeah. I, yeah. But but not to go back on the creation thing cuz um but I, it's it's still a cool it's a cool topic. I think it's a cool topic to talk yeah. about aliens and and uh what would we do and how would that happen and and you know what what if in in there in there just like just like we have multiple religions here, would they have multiple religions there? Would any of them actually completely coincide with Christ? Would Christ go to them and come into their world just like he came into our world you know it's that's all kinds of fun you know different exactly and, and what i would love to know is if you know let's just say they were a a 
um, you know, they were light years ahead of us in so many different things. Literally. (laughs) But I'm ching. Yeah. But uh, (laughs) in technology, in in just improving everything, I just wonder, you know, what would their Chipotle be? Exactly. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. What is their Chipotle? And I want to go there and check it out. Well, you know, and, and ultimately Star Trek is the closest thing we have for that. And uh, and I love the fact that that we could you know I I love tasting all the cuisines of this world. It is so much fun to me. It is a huge part of the way that I get to enjoy living life. Well, I'm huge. glad you enjoy that. And now you're telling me a whole new world has opened up, and there's all kinds of different cuisines and, and God, herbs and foods. That's awesome. You know that scripture <laughs> that God preordained exactly what time we would be born in and in what place in the world we would be born in. Yeah, yeah. It. I I firmly believe he knew that how picky of an eater I was. That. <laughs> We're gonna have to just throw. There, there's no way Cliff's gonna make it in China. He, he, there's no Chinese Cliff. Oh, dude, uh, there's a Chinese DJ in a heartbeat. <laughs> Fried rice and in the chicken nuggets without that sauce. Now <laughs> yeah, you're making me hungry. Oh, uh, I know. We better get out of here. We're out of here, guys. We went way over today. But hey, if you uh, if you listen to us, we actually have a person who has given us uh, some support, financial support. And that person would just like to say, uh, please be praying for a church other than your own. Exactly. Realize that we are part of a larger body of Christ and a part of the kingdom. And uh, and and you know what? Pray for the Creation Museum. Pray for me. Pray for Cliff. Pray for uh, different churches that are out there that might not agree exactly with what you believe. But we are one in Christ. And so let's live into that. Amen. Bit. Absolutely. And also... I uh, just want to let you know, if you want to, if, if an hour and 18 minutes is just not enough of Cliff and DG for you, <laughs> there's plenty more, my friends. Uh, I want to encourage you to check out DG's show, Praxis Podcast, oh, P-R-A-X-I-S yeah. podcast.com. And uh, he talks with a lot of church leaders and thought leaders in the church. Um, and it's not necessarily just generally speaking like I do here. Uh, sure. they, they, go, they have some really awesome stuff there. Check that podcast out. Um, also, the latest one that we have right now is actually talking about green, how to go green, but be a part of it with understanding as a Christian and the importance of that an interview with the Sleeths. But they have a new book out called uh, Go Green, Go what, Save Green. Wouldn't go green it be save. awesome if after after this week, the next time you go and to the Creation Museum, that they have plastic recycle bins there? That would be awesome. Honestly, if Daniel could could make that happen, he, they, I would be so thrilled. In the chat room, he said they do recycle there, but for he says it's he says unfortunately there aren't those bins around. So maybe, right. just maybe, exactly that this would be podcast awesome. could have could have created change. Exactly, yeah. how awesome is that? That would be awesome. <laughs> but I do know that they teach the respect of the earth. Oh there, sure, there's no question about that. I just wanted you know they have just amazing opportunities to be able to bring people in, teach classes, do all kinds of stuff. Yeah. how do we care for the fingerprints of God that we see in the creation? Absolutely. DG also does another podcast that's pretty popular. It's called The Guys Podcast. <laughs> I don't even know if you want to send anybody from there. I'll, <laughs> from here to there. <laughs> if, you, if, you, if you ever miss DG on, throughout the middle of your week, you can yeah. check him out over there. What's, yeah, the, what's the web address for that one? Just theguyspodcast.com. All right. And we're on geeksradio.fm every Thursday night at 8 p.m. If you ever want to chat in the chat room and listen to us oops i don't know what happened there anyway and then uh the other thing is is that um want to let you know there's the almost daily devotional you can check it out at almost daily awesome really want to encourage you to check out the full the family from the heart podcast family from the heart.com 
And also Stephanie and her best friend Sarah do a show called uh, The Full-Time Mom. But if you're not a mom, don't worry about it. Go check it out. I guarantee you'll like it. I, I like it. I'm not a mom. And and actually, we're talking about possibly rebranding it. So, Ooh, yeah. Nice. Maybe the full, Full-Time Friends or something. Some people in the chat room said go check out Cradle to Cradle, the book. Alrighty. <laughs> cradle to Cradle. What is that? I don't know. By William McDonald. It's remaking the way we make things. All right. <laughs> Manifesto we'll calling for the transformation of human industry through ecological intelligent design. Very cool. Just want to throw it out there. <laughs> God bless y'all. We'll see you next week. Bye. Join the community.